alive in Christ. Alive in Christ. Just saying the birth of that child. And I'm not sure enough of us have got a handle on what that means. And it's a, it's a strange day, a strange time in the body of Christ these days. That uh, What is salvation? I've been in this community for a long time. Uh, I've been a pastor longer than anybody else in the town. And uh, <laughs> so that means they have to put up with me. And uh, some of you are visiting, may not know my personality. I am old enough now to say, if you have a question, ask it. Don't waste time. And so I ask. And one of the things that I have asked on a regular basis, what were you saved from? And usually about 11 out of 10 will tell me hell. And that is a, uh, a good answer, but that ain't what you were saved from. Your sins send you to hell. You were saved from your sin. The byproduct or the bonus package is, oh, I don't got to go to hell. <laughs> and that's, it's, it's, it's troubling. It's troubling. And this year, in 2017, in a country as free as we are, with the access that we have to information that we haven't figured that out yet. But then I realized that the tragedy is, is that a lot of pastors don't know that either. And I'm thinking that if the pastor hasn't got that nailed down, why would the congregation have that nailed down? So let's read the Word of God. What the Apostle Paul speaks on being alive in Christ. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived, and the lust of our flesh indulging the desires of the flesh of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in His mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us with Him, and seated us with Him, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Father, I come before you. This thing here is over my head. So I'm going to ask you, Lord, to teach these precious people. They may understand what it is to be alive in Christ. The Father may understand the urgency of the day and that they would be overwhelmed with this precious gift of salvation that drew us back to you when we were dead in our trespasses and sin. Help us, Lord, to have ears to hear. Stir our souls so we'll be overwhelmed by what you show us. And Father, we may walk from here and walk in these good works prepared beforehand. Help us, King. In Christ's name, amen. Come okay, on, move around a little bit. I have, uh, like I said, I've been in town for a few days. Actually, I think it's decades. I have seen a lot of things happen in Castle Rock that is, uh, I guess, typical. And I have fought many battles with the quote-unquote evangelicals or whatever they are. And one of them that has kind of perplexed me is I have a tendency, you know, I don't, kind of beat around the bush I kind of cut right to it one of them is and it really gets me in trouble a lot kind of surprising how do you know you're saved now I don't know about you but wouldn't that be something you might be interested in just an idea. I, I had a, a guy here in the, in the church. He's moved on. He had knee replacement surgery. And him and his wife asked me to come up, be there for the surgery and all the rest of it. So I, I went up. and So we were in the prep room getting ready for this surgery. And, you know, he's explaining to Brian and Karen, this is what's going to happen and this is what we're going to do. And they were writing on his leg so they didn't change the wrong knee or whatever it is. But, you know, and you're just sitting there and I'm just sitting there. And the guy looks at me and says, you got any questions? Which is you should never ask me. OK, just heads up. And I said, yeah. And he says, what's that? I said, you ever done this before? He goes, What? There's a question. I mean, you know, I, you, you asked me if I had any questions. If we should be concerned about somebody replacing our knee or our hip or our elbow or whatever it is we're dealing with, don't you think we should be a little bit concerned about what we're doing for eternity? First John chapter three, verse 14 we know, did you get that? We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. That doesn't seem like it's that heady to me. 
I'm alive in Christ. Why would I not love the brethren? Okay. And everybody says, well, yeah, I do too. Really? Are you sure you want to step in that one with me? Do you know where the brethren hang out at? Oh, that would be in church. I I look around these countries that I have traveled to. Azerbaijan is 98% Muslim. First time I went there was almost two years ago. And I was teaching the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And the guy told me, he says, you're going, to, you're going to eat this up. And I was like, really? He says, yeah, man. He says, you're going to get the opportunity to teach every pastor in the whole country. Wow. Every one of them. You get them five days straight, eight hours a day. And then they want you to preach in a couple of different churches. All right? I was like, yeah, right on. So I get there and they introduce me to him. In that country, the whole country, there's 21 pastors. Okay? And you know what? They can go to jail for what they're doing. I actually was questioned. Somebody was in the crowd that said there's an American in there preaching. And I came out and was headed back to my hotel. And they stopped me and says, why were you preaching in that church? And I was like, well, they asked me to. Well, you're a visitor here. You're not allowed to do that. I was like, no, wait a minute. I just happened to have my visa with me. And my visa says I'm here to teach. They had to let me go. I'm grateful. (laughs) Okay. Now you think about that for a second. These guys are on the spot. But you know what I learned is that they are alive in Christ. And when I say that, uh, that what I put in your bulletin, the outline, is that's salvation. I'm alive in Christ. You know why? I was dead in my trespasses and sins. My trespasses means that I stumble and I don't know what direction to go. My sins are the fact that I missed the mark. So even if I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing, I can't hit the broadside of a barn. Other than that, I'm good shape. But he says you are dead, which means you cannot respond to any stimulus. Dead people don't respond to anything. And that's the terminology the Apostle Paul describes. Each and every one of us that is in this room at one point in our lives, we had no ability whatsoever to respond. I think this is missing in the evangelical church in the United States. I had a Russian pastor one time tell me, he said, hey, you guys have inoculated against the gospel. And you're like... What does inoculated mean? You vaccinated them against it. You told them if they say this prayer and walk this aisle, then they're saved. 
So they're cruising around living their lives just as they did in their trespasses and sin, thinking that they're good to go. I don't see that. I don't see that in the Bible. That's why I ask people. They'll come and tell me, say, well, you know, I'm saved. Well, how do you know you're saved? Well, I said a prayer. Can you tell me what passage in the scripture says, say this prayer and you shall be saved? I've been looking for it. I ain't found it yet. So somebody is way wiser than me. That's alive in Christ. Alive in Christ says all of a sudden the deity of God infused my soul that my mind and my conscience are aware of him with every breath I take. No matter who I'm dealing with, what the situation is. And yet this is so missed today in our community. I like it because it's the dead means that there was no ability for human achievement. What can dead people do? Nothing. It's all God. It's all His glory. That salvation is from sin, but the salvation is by God's love. Seen that in verse 4. He was rich in mercy. Ask yourself a question. Simple question. How rich is God? That is the wealth of his mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Because of his love, we see his mercy. Because of his mercy, we find his love. We find his love. Because I have been saved from sin, because I've been saved by his love, I have been saved into life. I had a spiritual resurrection. And it instantaneously made me one with Christ. I'm not waiting to become one in Christ. I'm not waiting for anything. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that woke my soul up to who my creator was. Deal with some of these guys in these oppressed countries. And you think their lives are on the line. At any given time. They get hassled all of the time. Nitpicky stuff. Got this goofy grin on their face that says, I'm right where the king wants me. This is awesome. I was detained by Russians in Georgia. I was going with two Georgians to meet some Chechnyans. Okay? 
Chechnyans are Muslims. And I had been dealing with the doctrine of sin in the book of Romans. And they said, we want you to go talk to these Chechnyans. Hey, whatever. <laughs> You're driving. <laughs> I'm in. I mean, as long as the interpreter goes, because my Russian ain't that good. So we go cruising up to there. We're going up to the hills. It's uh, uh, the uh, Ural Mountains. Big suckers. I mean, they're fifteen and 16,000 feet. So we're headed up to there, and we're just cruising along, and they're chatty, 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 chatty. And I was like, yeah, this is good. And then all of a sudden, we get stopped by a cop. Okay? Now, I'm just sitting in the back seat, minding my own business. No big deal. Get out of the car. That's typical when cops see me, they get out of the car. <laughs> just, I, I, I don't, I, I, think it's, I think it's my personality. Get out of the car. Okay? Then the guy looks at me, my interpreter, and he says, these aren't Georgian, they're Russian. I was like, what? I said, I thought we were in Georgia. He says, so did I. I was like, oh, great. Here we go. Evidently, the day before, Russia had annexed three miles of Georgia. All right, I guess that's how you do it. Why go to war when you just said, no, that's mine. So I was in Russia. And, of course, the Russians have this one really big problem with Americans. I didn't have a visa. I don't need a visa in Georgia. I didn't have one in Russia. And so, you know, thus it begins. Okay. Now, what I have learned a long time ago is that if you know the language, don't tell them. Because then I can listen to what they're saying and I can just sit there and look like a bump on a log and I'm not going to be caught blindsided by it. If they understand that you understand their language, they get quiet. So I sit and listen to it and I was like, oh, great. Okay, now I don't know the Russian language that well, but I know enough of it to say, oh, here we go. Georgian guys saying, hey, man, I just live right over the hill here. I'm going back. I'm like, I live way over that hill. Okay, and they asked me, what, were you, what are you doing? I laid my Bible down. It says, teaching the word of God. Of course, they want to translate it. And I'm like, hey, go ahead, knock yourself out. I could say, uh, you know, dasle slava boga. I didn't. Why? I don't want to. I don't need that. But I knew I had life in Christ. I got to admit, there was this part of me that says, you know what? There ain't nobody on the planet Earth except these two Georgians have any idea where in this I am. And that crossed your mind once. You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> it worked out. Look, I'm here. <laughs> but I want you to know... I could look at these Russian soldiers, policemen, and I saw the deadness of their trespasses and sin. Because I had asked them, 
Are you Orthodox? Russian Orthodox? Da, da. Are you saved? But of course, I'm Orthodox. Then why are you so grouchy? If you're saved and you're going to spend eternity in heaven, why are you such a pain in the rear end? Yes, I did say that. You know me, Mr. Bashful. Why? Because I don't understand how I'm going to spend eternity in the presence of God forever and ever, and I can be anxious? Why would I be anxious? What are you going to do? Kill me? Darn! That's a reward for a Christian! What are you going to do? You can't affect me. My king has got me right here, right now, for this reason. And you're going to stop what? That is life in Christ. Why? Because he loved me. Because of his, the riches of his mercy. Which brings me to the fourth point. Salvation is for a purpose. Why? The greatest purpose that we have, you know, and, and I was thinking about this. I'm not going to try to step on any toes, but I'm going to. Okay? The Great Commission is what? Make disciples. Okay? I got a question for everybody here. Who's discipling you and who are you discipling? I have a purpose. Who is discipling me and whom am I discipling? But you know what? That's not for pastors. That's for those who are called by the name of Jesus Christ. Who are you discipling? And who is discipling you? So I have a purpose. Let me kind of give you an expanse on your purpose in case you were wondering. Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 8. My father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit. Then look what it says. So prove to be my disciples. Hmm. So do you see why this hillbilly preacher will look at you and say, How do you know you're saved? Because if you bear fruit, then your father gets the glory. And the Great Commission is to make disciples. So someone is discipling me while I am discipling someone else. Why? So I can bear much fruit so that my Father will be glorified. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. You know what is really amazing? Verses 8 and 9 is the simplicity of salvation is to believe. I believe. I think I shared this last week. Maybe not. I don't know. When I went into uh, these countries, whether it, when I was going to Russia or Georgia or Azerbaijan, um, these people are hardcore Armenian. If you don't know what an Armenian is, don't worry about it. Okay? But they're hardcore. Okay? And, and they get vocal about it. All right? When you teach the book of Romans, you're going to rattle an Armenian. Okay? You got chapter 9, 10, 11 that just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but you know what I learned from these people? When I share this, Jacob I love, Esau I hated. Who are you, Clay, to tell the potter? You know what? They look at me and say, Amen. Why? That's what it says. In the United States, when you do that, they say, Well, why does it say that? He wrote it asking. And and I'm listen, I'm not here to 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 mess with are you a Calvinist or you I ain't what I'm talking about. What does it say? I have uh, John Calvin's commentaries. Oh my god. I know. You know what's amazing about John Calvin? He never did anything on revelations. You know why? When he was alive, there was no Israel. And he looked at that book and says, that's all Israel. I don't know how you make that work. That's a smart man. I don't know. I mean, I listened to what they, well, he, he's a Calvinist. No, he was a Biblicist. And we, in our infinite wisdom, manage to get stuff and we stick it all back together and all the rest of it. But I realize that when I go outside of this country, when I bring the word to bear, because I tell everybody when I start, I said, I'm here for one purpose, one purpose only. I'm going to give you the book. Okay? If you don't like what I give you, then you tell me in the book where it's wrong. Because, you know what? You guys, everybody here in this room, whether I'm in Azerbaijan or whether I'm in Georgia, whether I'm in Russia, wherever I'm at, everybody has their own opinion. And God bless you. And you know what? Your opinion is of great value to you. Not so much me. Okay? Now, I don't know if you know some stock options I can get into. I'll be willing to listen to you on that. But other than that, I'm not... What does God say? What does God say? And that is where my faith comes from. I can't base it on my instincts. I can't base it on my senses. I base it on what does he say? This is the same God who caused an axe head to float. That God. Okay? That's kind of cool. I like to do that. I know everybody wants to raise the dead and heal the lame and all the rest. I want to see an axe head float. I think that's kind of awesome. 
Well, I threw it in the river right there. And then all of a sudden it comes floating up. You're like, wow, right there it is. That's my God. That's my God. We will live our lives based on the size of our God. So he shows us that power. He shows us that we were saved to bring him glory. It is through a simple act of faith. I shared this with you last week. Man's nature is to believe. And you say, well, that's not true. Well, yeah, go get a Coca-Cola. What's in that can? I don't know. By faith, you're going to drink it. Go to McDonald's. What was that? I don't know. I had a McDonald's one time in Israel, and it was awful. I don't know where they got their cow from. And they said, well, you know, you're eating McDonald's in Israel. I was like, never again. I'm going to go with the goat burger. Or perhaps that's what I had. <laughs> when you were saved, John fifteen eight, God wants to see in you. He wants to see in each of us. He wants to see in our lives the action of that salvation. Because that shows his power. Which brings me... Salvation is unto good works. Listen, I think about the power that it took to save us. Okay? That same power source is behind our good works so that His glory is seen. You know what that means? Salvation is seen. It is an action. You see it. When the Apostle Paul left Jerusalem to go to Damascus to arrest people, Christians, when they run into him again, there was a difference. And there was no doubt in anybody's mind. When Peter denied Christ three times, saw the resurrection, and then 40 days later goes into the temple and says, You men of Jerusalem who murdered Messiah! Where did he get that bravery? His salvation was seen. Salvation is evident. It should be even greater evidence in the darkness that we exist in right now. Listen, the Bible talks a lot about works. I'm going to share these again. I, I went through these last week, but I'm not going to deal with them. In Galatians chapter 2 and 3, the works of the law can't save. There's works, okay? The works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 and 21 through 21 are evident. The works of darkness in Romans 13... In Ephesians 5. And then, of course, in Hebrews chapter 6, there are the dead works. All right? That's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about works that we see, we witness, we bear testimony to that come out of salvation. 
I could go through my own personal life and tell you how I was before Christ and how I am now, but I don't deem that necessary. I'm talking about looking and learning the works that are salvation. Okay, I'll give you a real easy one. Did you know that worry is not a spiritual gift? Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So why would I worry? The works of salvation says, I don't have to worry. I'm in song cruise control. Why? Whatever you want. I mean, I can get stopped by the KGB in Azerbaijan or by cops in, <laughs> in the mountains of Georgia. And you know what? I never did worry about it. There was a moment there and I was like, I wonder if they'll ever find my body. <laughs> but I wasn't worried about it because I wouldn't be home. It's not that big a deal. Why? Like the old cartoon, exit stage right. Poof, I'm out of here. I was doing what my king wanted. Listen, when you are saved, the moment that you are saved, the question you need to ask yourself, okay, I don't care... You know, I can I can go back to Ephesians 1 and tell you when you were saved. Uh, I don't want to get into that. All right. When you were saved, I'm going to ask you a simple question. You don't have to answer me. You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. I want you to do your own soul searching. Am I different today than when I got saved? And if you say yes, then I'm going to say, all right, outstanding. Are you more Christ-like? Because Romans chapter 8 tells me that the reason I was saved is to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's an important question. It's an important question. Verse 10, he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Why? That we would walk in them. You know what walk in them means, right? It's seen. Now, you know, there's times, I'll be honest with you, I've I've had kids and that you want them to first roll over. Come on, booger. And you get the little thing to roll over. And you think, eh, bravo, bravo, bravo. Okay, and then you want them to get up on their hands. And the, oh, looky, looky, looky. Oh, bravo, bravo, bravo. And then you, oh, look, they're crawling. Ding, 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 ding. And then all of a sudden the little buggers get up and take off running. And the whole house is a disaster. And you're like, could you just go back to rolling over? Right? It comes, 
And it starts off that, yeah, look, I can just roll over. And then all of a sudden, oh, look, I can, it, it can, it, it, look, it got up on its hands and knees. Oh, now it's moving its hands and knees and it's covering ground. And then the next thing you know, it stands up, falls on the edge of the coffee table a couple of times, and then is running. We are asked to walk in the good works that he has ordained. Unto good works. If God before ordained that you should walk in these works. Believe me, you will. If you do not. You should talk to me after the service. Okay. And we should probably do that in private. If he had the power to raise me from the dead, that I am attuned now to the truth of him, I'm sure that he has the power for me to walk in these works. That's Paul's point. I don't need someone to prove to me the power of God. I don't need someone... To show me the exceeding greatness of his power towards every one of us. I don't need that. I'm a living example of it. The greatest miracle that I ever see on a daily basis is when I look into the mirror and say, Wow, I'm saved. Listen, I want you to think for a second with me. All you have to do is look at your own spiritual resurrection and tell me what power existed in that. Look at your own spiritual exaltation. You have been seated at the right hand of Jesus Christ. Past tense. Look at your own power. To do those things which are good works in the eyes of God. You, each and every one of us, is filled with good works. We are His workmanship, it says. I like that word in the original language. Workmanship. You know what the literal translation is? It says right there, you are his workmanship. You know what that literal word is? Masterpiece. Every one of you is God's masterpiece. Uh, I'm an art guy. I like art. I know people say, what? Yeah, I do. I, I, I like art. I had a scholarship actually at one time for Chalk art. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, you can't screw up chalk art because you can smooch it around and it all looks good. Okay, but anyway. I like chalk art. I like art. I've had, uh, when I travel around, I try to see, that's why I go to a, an Aziri opera. And the last song in it was Traveling Band by Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> so anyway. I can understand, no. But I, I've been to a number of uh, art museums. I try to, Moscow's got some dandies. But anyway, I have seen masterpieces. 
There's a, an off, uh, a wonderful piece of work that was done of George Washington. And if you look down in the right-hand corner of it, it's white. And it's got him standing there doing the George Washington, I'm George Washington thing. And I was like, well, what's that? He's, he didn't finish it. <laughs> I was like, oh. Okay. I like art. And yet, and I read this, and I think that each and every one of us, every one of you, this may be the first time I ever met you or ever seen you. You are God's masterpiece. I started it off out of 1 John chapter 3. Why? We are to love the brethren. Why? Because they are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship. God's power he has designed before eternity to conform each and every one of you into the image of his son to mold us into good works and he does it by his power did you know that i don't care who you are i don't care what you're dealing with right now i don't you may feel bad you may be saying is he done yet You know that it's God's power is at work in your life and it's shaping and molding you into the image of his son, Christ Jesus. Now, I'll agree. Some of us take more molding than others. But you know what? If you're truly saved today, you saw it. You've seen it happen. I remember when I came to salvation, uh, I was in a public housing. I was sitting right next to a stainless steel toilet. I got down on my knees and I said, man, I have just really made a mess of this crazy thing. Save me. And there was a peace that came on me like I have never experienced ever before. I didn't make a deal with him. Uh, it wasn't, you know, you know, I'll give you two if you give me one. Or I, it wasn't none of that. It was just, just save me, save me. I don't care, you know, whatever happens, just save me. And this peace that surpasses understanding guarded my heart. Each of us are his masterpiece, and you know what's really nice? He's not done yet. The shaping and the molding it keeps going on. For however long you're here. And the good works is what you walk in. And we look around and say, wow, look, they're walking in like good works. That must be one of the king's people. Who is a true Christian? The one who does the good works. Listen, there's all kinds of people that I run into weekly who claim that they are Christ. And it's especially funny. Um, some of you know I, I work on motorcycles. And, you know, they all will come to me. And at some point they figure out that I'm a pastor. And as soon as they find out I'm a pastor, they shift into spiritual. Uh, it's, a, it's a long story, but it's just something I've noticed. They, well, I'm a Christian. And, <laughs> you know, you know me. Well, how do you know you're a Christian? Maybe that's why I don't have as many return customers as 
from the past. The one who does good works. Do when you deal with someone who professes Christ, ask yourself a very simple question. Do you see in their life good works? I'm talking about eternal things. Do you see things that only God can produce in their life to his glory? Listen, salvation unto good works, guess what? It's seen. James says, you show me your faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. I pray that you know this salvation. Listen, this is not just church stuff. This is not religious stuff. This is walking with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and He becomes your obsession. Not your kids, not your grandkids, not your job, not your possessions, not your spouse, none of that. He is my obsession. Because what I learned the hard way was when I put him as my obsession, it's really weird. I read this somewhere. I can't remember where it was. All things will be added unto me. If you have been made alive in Christ Jesus, you never have to question the power of God that is available in your life. And right now, it's available. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you or I could ever imagine. I know where I came from and I know what he's done through my life. And I just sit there and go, (laughs) yeah, I'm living proof he has a sense of humor. And yet, I look at every one of you guys who have labored with me, and I realize that you guys are the ones who made it possible through the power of God that these things could be going forth. Okay? That power is here now. Right now. I hope that you all understand it, but I hope you all tap into it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul. Thank you for for your salvation. It is beyond my understanding. Help us, Lord. Help us to walk in these good works that you prepared beforehand. Help us to understand that we are your masterpiece. Help us to understand that we are your possession. Praise you. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen.